Hello, this is Dennis Thomas with Things That Matter, where we speak about everything from faith to finance and all things in between. So I feel like I just got off the phone with you, and uh, here we are back again. I picked up the phone, and I'm ready to talk some more. So just a, a quick recap here. We've gone through a few cool stories in the Bible. Uh, as we know, Genesis is means the beginning, right? So it's kind of explaining to us the story of how things came to be. One of the reasons why we believe in Christianity is because Christianity is the best explanation for the way things are in this world. We know that we have morality, objective morality. Things are right and things are wrong. We have equality. People want things to be fair, right? We have the beauty of the world, Especially when we go on vacation, we see these nice places like, wow, a lot of beauty and a lot of order. And the Bible, Genesis, meaning the beginning, is trying to explain to us how things came to be, right? It was once perfect, and then Adam and Eve come in, and just like us, they're fallen creatures, but at that time they weren't. But the serpent comes and gets Eve to eat of this fruit, Adam also is involved. He represents mankind, so therefore we're all involved in this. We all have to pay the penalty. Uh, As I tell the kids in Sunday school, there's always consequences. The really cool thing about this life that we live in and the world that we live in is that there's options. There are choices. And what we try to do as adults and as parents is help our kids make the best choice. We know that they have several options to choose. We want them to choose the best one survey those options and choose the best one. But we know that no matter what choice that we take or we make, there's always going to be consequences. The same thing in this story. Adam represents us, therefore we pay the price. That's why we have sorrow and death and pain in this world. But there's a plan. Jesus Christ comes and he's ready to save. So we see Adam and Eve. We see Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are brothers Cain brings the first fruits that he had as vegetables sacrificed to God. Abel brings an animal sacrifice, which was accepted by God because he did it in faith. This is the first time also that we're seeing, there's a lot of these characters uh, that are in the hall of faith that we read in in Hebrews 11, uh, speaking about Abel and his faith that he had, speaking about Noah and the faith that he had, Abraham, who we're going to speak about now, and the faith that he had. Multiple characters here in the Bible showing their faith. Even, we see in the story with Cain and Abel, Cain murders Abel, so we see the first murder happening in the Bible. But God had a plan. He wasn't going to continue Abel's line, or sorry, Cain's line, which was you know kind of uh, not, not considered a godly line, so he creates a path like he always does. And... Adam and Eve have uh, another child named Seth, and the descendants, like Noah, comes from that line. Jesus Christ comes from that line of Seth. We come from that line. Then we have Noah, who represents the tenth, tenth generation from Adam. He shows this faith by building this ark when, really at that point, uh, maybe they hadn't seen uh, rain, right? And, and he's sitting here building an ark, and in a dry area, right? And, and showing his, the faith that he had. And then we have Abraham, father of the Israelite people, uh, mentioned very often in the New Testament. We also see him in that hall of fame, that hall of faith. 
showing uh, the type of trust that we need to have. And we see him introducing the Bible in Genesis 11. That's where we start off here. Genesis 11:26. He's introduced as Abram, 75 years old, his father's Terah. God tells Abram to leave his family and his country. I remember when I left Long Island to move to Pennsylvania. And that was something that I had planned, but it was still a big deal for me at the time. I had children. Was this going to be a move that was, was beneficial for us? Uh, I had my fear. I had my doubts, uh, even though I was very confident about doing the move for uh, reasons professionally to help my career. But I understand here that type of trust that you need to have. And, and Abram shows this trust here. God asking him to leave his family in this country. And, and this is the first time he shows us this example. Or one of the times he shows us the example of faith. He does it. God also gave him three promises. Promises of his own land, which eventually be Canaan. Uh, that he'd be made into a great nation. So we see in this part of the Bible, God tells him that he will have numerous descendants. We all become descendants of Abraham, of Abram. We all become children of Abram because for those that believe and show that same trust and faith that Abram showed, that's how we become descendants of Abram, ultimately descendants of God, Jesus Christ. And the promises that he gave to Abram are the promises that we all get to enjoy. And we also see the promise of blessing. You know, we see that all the earth will be blessed through Abraham because Abraham was an example to us, the same way Noah was an example to us of how to behave. This is 400 years after the flood. God calls Abram to be a founder of the nation. Abram has to uh, first leave his home. He goes to Haran, which is his first stopping place. That's 400 miles northeast of Canaan. He goes to Shechem, first stopping place in Canaan. He built an altar to God there. He goes to Bethel, 10 miles north of Jerusalem. And he built an altar there too. So we see here several places in building an altar, showing this acknowledgement to God, and then the statement of his faith. You know, there's times where we're going to have to show others that we are of a different cloth, right? We're cut from a different cloth. We are showing this behavior. I think about some of the behavior that I have to be aware of and responsible for, especially, you know, having children in the house having those that you want to be an example to. But not only that, you want to be able to exemplify good behavior in front of others because people are watching. And as you're speaking, we want to try to get out of that being a hypocrite where we say one thing and we do something completely different because it's easier to speak, but it's harder to do. And so for us, we have to be aware of that. And sometimes when I'm with my friends, they're thinking about the, either the music I'm listening to what I'm watching on TV, how I'm carrying myself. I know that I have to be a responsible person because of what I'm trying to portray. And uh, recently I was just reading in Romans, and I believe it was in Romans, and it was saying how uh, faith without works is dead. And I was thinking, wait a second, but I thought that we were saved by grace, that it wasn't like this work mentality, it wasn't this uh, meritocracy. But what the Bible is saying right there is that if we believe, like the same way Abraham and Abram is showing this belief, and we eventually, right, will start to, our behaviors will be based upon this belief that we have and this trust that we have. Because everything that we do, all of our actions are based upon our behaviors, or sorry, based upon our beliefs. 
So the things that we are going to do, like if I believe that education is important, I'm going to have a 529 plan. I'm going to read to Noah and Sophia before they go to bed. By the way, I just had to read to them. Uh, I'm going to have Sophia and Noah do first in math in school, which is like a this online tool that they use, because I believe that education is important. So my actions are going to be based on my beliefs. And so when we believe and trust in God, then our actions eventually are going to reflect that. And that's why it's important for us to make sure that we behave a certain way, because we, were, we are going to do that anyway, because now that, that Jesus Christ you know, left his Holy Spirit behind, and for those that believe, right, that have that trust, the Holy Spirit lives within them, we're going to eventually do those things because of that fact. And so sometimes we are needing to show that outward side of us just to make sure that we are living up to that standard that God has set. Now, because of a famine, Abram goes, in, uh, he goes to Egypt. Eventually, him and Lot, his nephew, in chapter 13... They are now amassing a lot, right? They have, they have a huge flock and eventually become so big that they need to separate. So Lot chooses first. He said, no, I, I want to choose first. And he thinks he knows better, right? So he goes to Sodom. We hear about the, the town of Sodom and Gomorrah. We hear about the story later on, sexual immorality that happens there. So that's a little bit further along. Abram chooses Hebron. Now, eventually, Lot is taken captive and rescued by Abram and his 318 men. We see here in chapter 14 that Abram is showing some military experience. So this guy is a very skillful guy. Now, one of the things we want to notice here is that God is choosing people, but he's not necessarily choosing people because they are perfect, right? Or that they are righteous. They're already right with God. I mean, he shows this act of of trust and faith, and, and so God credits his account. We're going to read about that. But you're talking about people in the Bible like Noah and Abram. They're not perfect people, right? Like they, they falter as well, the same way that you and I falter. But he, he's choosing people like that because he wants us to know that we also fall in that category. Even though we may be a little bit blemished, we may come in with some things in our closet God still has that ability to use us and choose us in the same way he's putting these characters here in the Bible. We could still fall under that category. Now, eventually we see here in chapter 15, this is where Abram actually gets his name changed to Abraham, but God promises to Abram, your descendants will be many. He promises him a child. I spoke before about how Abram wasn't perfect because him and Sarah, his wife, they couldn't have children. So they decide to try to have a child with one of his maidservants. And I'm not sure that God would have approved of that, right? But we're showing here people that are not perfect. And they're trying their best. And uh, the other day I was with one of my friends and we were talking about how uh, you know, she seemed to be upset about how she was being treated. And I said, you know what? Sometimes what I try to do is I try to think that people are doing the best that they can. I don't remember the lady that I heard that from because I was listening to this YouTube video that was sent to me by one of my colleagues. And in the video, the lady was saying that one of the ways that we could efficiently operate in this world is thinking that people are giving you their best. Even at times when you feel like, oh, why did they do that? I mean, I would never do that, right? But why did they do that? But sometimes for us to think that people are giving their best, I think I, I like that mindset. I like that scenario where I am trying to 
figure out the best way for me to respond to things. And if people are giving their best, then I think I could have grace upon them. Because when we think about young children, we know that they don't always know better. So they might say something rude. They might say something that is hurtful. They might ask you for a million things, right? And and not take any type of like, you know, they might not be patient, but they might ask for a lot of things and not take into consideration that you just did 50 things prior to that. But you give them grace because you feel like they're doing the best that they can. But adults, we don't always feel that way, right? Because we say, oh, you should know better. But really, should they? So we see here that for us to think that people are doing the best that they can is sometimes a good thing. And that's what we see here in Abram's scenario. Now, Abram, he puts his trust in God in chapter 15, verse 6. God credits his account because of this. Because of his trust and belief in God, God says, you know, I'm going to put a credit in your account, and I'm going to credit your account as righteousness. Wow, this is great. Because righteousness is what we need. That's making us right with God. We see here, when we think about like a, a bit of a definition of, of righteousness, Bible's standard of righteousness is God's own perfection in every attribute, attitude, behavior, and word. It's basically like us being perfect here. And Abram, who goes from Abram to Abraham, so Abram meaning high father to Abraham meaning father of a multitude. We see here God changing people's name in the Bible, usually to establish a new identity. And even for us, we get a new identity. When we change from being these individuals that are not saved, that are just walking this earth, right? To becoming individuals that are saved, we get this new power. The Holy Spirit comes upon us the same way the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And she found that she was pregnant with Jesus Christ. It's the same power that lives with inside of us so that when Jesus sees you, he really sees himself. We become born again. We become new people in Christ because of this change. And so we even could get a new identity. But we see here that righteousness comes in two forms. Either righteousness could be accomplished on our own, which sometimes we need this type of righteousness just for like being around our neighbors. You know, we show this works a bit of a works mentality sometimes with neighbors because we're establishing our relationship with a neighbor. And so that requires us doing something for them. Yeah, you could borrow my tool or I'll cut your grass or, uh, you know, we watched the neighbor's child the other day, right? But when we think about the righteousness that God offers, this is accounted to us by the work of God when we believe. This is not the work that we do. It's the work that he does. Now, the work that we do comes after that because faith is dead without works. So eventually we will do works, but it's not to become something it's because we are something and we are children of god and therefore we receive the promise that god gave to abraham and we see here in romans 518 and i have to open up my bible i have like several bibles around the house here but 518 the first part of that says one trespass was condemnation to us all right so that was adam's trespass so adam does something we all get affected by it But one act of righteousness was justification that brings life to all men. Because Jesus Christ loved us, right? He he leaves his son to die on the cross for us. And he becomes the righteousness that brings life to all men. And what we see here in the Bible, if we go another step further, so I'm opening up my Bible, by the way, here. 
And I'm going to the next verse, which kind of explains that first verse, but it makes it a little bit simpler here. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So Adam's disobedience, he stands in for our place, right? He takes, he actually sins. And because of that, there's a consequence and we all get affected by that, which is the world that we live in right now. But it says, for, one, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. What a wonderful thing here. We get to trade what we have, all the baggage that we have, for what God has. And I love how this story kind of ends up here. We see the trust that Abram has. He eventually gets his name turned to Abraham or changed. We see why this is important for us to know what we believe because our actions are going to be based upon what we believe. And that is why it's also important for us to be listening to things like this and to be reading the Word because our goal here is to be equipped with the tools that we need to successfully navigate this complex world. Our actions are going to be based upon the things that we believe. Is our belief strong enough in the Word of God to know what we need to do? Because again, we want to successfully navigate the world, and Christianity is the best explanation for the way things are. Which means that the things that are taught there, which are biblically sound, are going to be the things that allow us to successfully navigate this complex world. And the world is complex, right? That's why we have parents to help us out. That's why we have mentors. That's why we have friends, spouses, and the internet. (laughs) Because we need to figure things out. We don't have all the answers. What we know is nothing in comparison to what we don't know. There's more things that we don't know, and that's why we need to believe and trust in something that is sound, that has a firm foundation. Everything that we do is built on a foundation. I'm teaching the kids today in Sunday school, and we talk about the three basic truths. Everything that we learn, gang, is based upon the three basic truths. Trust God no matter what. I need to make the wise choice. I need to treat others the way that I want to be treated. I said, if you guys follow those three things, you'll be very successful. I've been always asking, what do you want to be? And the last time I asked him that, he said, I want to be a DJ. So I said, what's your DJ name? He said, DJ Little Skittles. I was like, I like that. If that's your version of success, then follow those three basic truths. What I'm saying is that we need to be built on a strong foundation because our goal is to be equipped with the tools that we need to successfully navigate this complex world. So, my friends, next time we meet, we will continue on our journey where learning is our destination. So have a great week. I know that I will talk to you later.